This is the Tech Arts Podcast, where we talk about tech, leadership, and all things that concern church audio, video, and lighting. Welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast. My name is DL. So glad everyone is continuing to join us for the Tech Arts Podcast. Today is going to be an awesome episode. We are talking to Jim Wagner from CFX. In this episode, we talk silos and how to break them down. Plus, we get into conflict management. How do you manage conflict within your team and organization? It's going to be a great episode that's going to help you as a tech and a leader understand those two subjects just a little bit better. It's also good for you to know that if you're interested in attending CFX, Jim has a discount code that will get you $100 off the cost. Did you hear that? Over $100 off the cost with this discount code. You can only get it here during this podcast, so you got to listen to this podcast so that you can get that discount. It's going to be a great one. Don't miss a second of it. But before we start talking to Jim from CFX, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Our main sponsor is Digital Great Commission Ministries. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just better understanding the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Because they are a 501c3 donor-sponsored organization, they come to your church for free and do an assessment of your tech, visitor engagement, and online streaming. They also offer essential classes that will help every member of your tech team. Now, while most of what DGCM offers is free, one of the paid services they provide is what DGCM calls technical support. You secure access to over 300 training videos. You also get tech support by getting the ability to have Zoom meetings with industry professionals and access to engineers that will help you with your AVL issues and more. You get all of this for only $99 a month. To find out more about this $99 a month plan, send an email to information at digitalgreatcommission.org. That's information at digitalgreatcommission.org, or you can go to audiovideolighting.com. The bottom line is this. DGCM is all about helping churches understand how to use the instrument of technical gear to reach their congregations. You have to check out all of their resources, training, and consulting options, and you do that by going to audiovideolighting.com. Contact Digital Great Commission Ministries today by going to audiovideolighting.com. Hey, did you know I'll be teaching a class on copyrights and streaming at this year's CFX conference in Dallas? That's right. If you want to find out what you can and cannot do when airing movies, music, or other copywritten material in your building or on your web stream, you need to attend this class. Sign up today by going to churchfacilitiesexpo.com. It's located right here in Dallas. Really easy to get to from anywhere in the U.S. or the world. Go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com and sign up today. Okay, on today's podcast, we have Jim Wagner from CFX. I am so excited to talk to him. Jim is the VP, VP means Vice President or Mac Daddy, of Worship Events and Media for EH Media. Jim leads the team responsible for creating CFX events and the website worshipfacility.com. 
Previously, Jim was responsible for the creation of the event series Worship Facilities Expo, which was a successful conference and expo for nearly 10 years. He has a deep understanding of the needs of churches, and he channels this into the creation of value-rich events and publishing products. In his 25-year career, Jim has served in a variety of senior roles, including publisher, chief marketing officer, divisional president for a multinational event and publishing company. But most importantly, Jim and I are friends. So please welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast, Jim Wagner. Hey, Jim. Hi, David. Good morning. Hey, good to have you on the uh, podcast today. Where, so, where, so tell me where you're at. Kind of paint the picture of who you are, where you're at, your family. I know, uh, you, I think you were in the Boston area. I think now you're, uh, where's, just give us a little bit about you. Where are you at? Oh, great. Yeah, so um, yeah. So I was born and raised in Massachusetts, but now I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I moved here about five years ago. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I have two kids. My They're grown and, and uh, you know, standing on their two feet. Uh, I have a son who's 25 and a daughter who's 23. And uh, my daughter- uh, is, Are you em- an empty nester yet? I am an empty nester, yeah. So um, I do. My kids do. Uh, you know, my son who lives, uh, he he moves uh, he moves around a little bit, and but he comes and parks here in Nashville as his uh, su- southern home, he calls it. So. Um, All right. So I have a very important question. I ask almost everybody this. <laughs> uh oh. Are are you a Cowboys fan? Now answer carefully here. I know, I know, I know. We are friends, and and I appreciate all the lunches we've had in the Dallas area. But uh, I have to say, I'm a Boston fan. So Boston uh, sports fan. It's um, I grew up in the uh, in the making of uh, America's team, Dallas. But uh, and I've suffered through many, many terrible years of football in New England. But Boston's a good sports well, town. It is a great sports town. And speaking of suffering, uh, yeah, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So, you know, suffering's a part of part of it. So, so Jim, you know, of all the years I've known you, I've never asked you this question. So I'm going to ask now and find out right here in front of everybody. Uh-oh. But what do you do? What do you do for fun? What's your like, what's like, what's your hangout time? What do you do for fun? Um, well, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty active person. So I like, uh, I like, uh, I, I, you know, I like, strange enough, I like trail running, which means I fall down in the woods more frequently than the average person. But uh, <laughs> I like music. So Nashville is a great place. You can find a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of great music in that way. Um, yeah. And so I would say that's big stuff. I like music and I like being active. So I'm trying to learn, you know, I'm trying to learn some new things. Like I'm trying to learn how to swim. I know how to swim, but as a swimmer, that's different. Yeah, competitive swimming is different. But, uh, you know, Nashville's great. Like that right downtown area, I've gone down there. And, like, it seems like every little um, restaurant or club has somebody playing live. Nashville's a great city for music and, and all those things. Have you ever been down there in the Oh, yeah. Downtown so, well, area? there's, like, the Lower Broadway, which is, uh, you know, heavily touristed. And, and then there's a number of spots that are outside of that, thankfully, that are a lot of fun. Um What's great for, da- for for Nashville is that you can go see a band pretty inexpensively and be home by 11 o'clock uh, <laughs> yeah. on a weekday. Yeah. And so you can see a lot of interesting music um, uh, that way. Yeah, for us older guys, that's great. Be home at 11 o'clock. I know. It's and perfect. It's still I, it's, a night out. Yeah. I, yeah I, I went to something on a Tuesday night and I'm home by 11. And it's like perfect. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. All right, so CFX, I mentioned it in your bio earlier, Church yeah. Facilities Expo. Um, for the pe- for the people that are out there, they're like, uh, he just threw a bunch of acronyms at us, CFX. What, are, what does this mean? I don't even know if that's the right word. Is acronym the right word? I don't sure, know. yeah, but I'm, I'm tracking. Uh, yeah, so what 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 is CFX? Kind of help everybody understand what that is. Yeah, well, CFX is basically a conference and exhibition. So we teach... We have uh, a, a lot of education um, around three priorities, technology, the facility, and leadership. So we, we have a really comprehensive uh, amount of education around those areas. Um, and we have a, a large exhibition. It's the largest exhibition for churches. So in a sense, like it's, you can go to a lot of expos, but not so many dedicated just to the needs of, of a church. And so... What CFX tries to do is try to think of the 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 essential elements of, of running, planning, executing a church, um, and and look at it holistically, knowing that what technology decisions and plannings affect other departments, particularly the building, designing, using the building, and then sort of woven into that is is that's all great. We want to do things, but you know, getting anything done largely comes down to you know, education and leadership, leadership towards thinking, planning, leadership towards execution and care of the people around you and the communities that you have the privilege of serving. So uh, CFX has a, a unique situation in the market, I think, in the sense that we're not denominationally focused. Uh, I, you know, we, we are um, a neutral player in trying to grab and find one, the needs, what to be able to need to know, so we talked to a lot of churches and then finding those the people with perspectives on that that come from a really wide and diverse range of churches, small, big, across denomination, non-denominations. And we think that creates a opportunity for churches to learn uh, outside of their normal channels of where they're getting their information. Maybe similar to your podcast, your, your audience hits a really diverse group of people. Uh, and that's the beautiful part about it. There's a great mosaic of churches. Everyone has, there's a, so many of them and that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're not targeting Baptists, you're not targeting Methodists, you're, you're essentially, it's, it's a place for all churches to come learn, understand what I, the word I like to use is you kind of curate all these different manufacturers people who teach, leaders, and you bring them all to one location so the church can come there or the uh, you know the technician, the leader, the pastor, whoever it is, they can come there and kind of get it all in a two or three day experience that allows them to, to get what they need, how they need it, and not necessarily, um, it's not a conference that's for rock and roll church or for, you know, traditional church or however you may describe it. It's for it's for all churches. Like, for example, I'm speaking at WFX. I have a class on copyrights and streaming, and that, you know, kind of talks to churches that are streaming and doing things like that. But if you're not streaming, which I don't know what church is not streaming nowadays, but if you're not streaming, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's things for you at CFX as well. Is, is that kind of, yeah. kind of cover what you guys are? Yeah, I think curate is a, is a good word. And uh, uh, if a church is trying to solve something and usually a church is trying to solve multiple things you know every year they have something they need to solve or, or improve upon and so um, 
So we we curate in a way that uh, you know ideally a team, whether it's a tech team or it's a tech facility, it's some grouping of people who who they need to learn and want to advance some agenda, learn together. Um, because I don't think anybody really we've this is our history. You can go to an event on your own. You can learn something, get very excited about something, and try to go home and, and do something about it. And because you're doing it only on your, by yourself, it's probably going to be much, much more difficult than if a group of people mutually understand what they're trying to do and go home collectively with an idea of how they're going to do it. Those churches have bigger impact because and we, you know, you're doing it on your own. You're going to have to go back and convince people it's a great idea. <laughs> they, yeah, and, but uh, if you've got other people that you're able to hang out with and kind of see and commiserate with, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, if, if people that you can talk to uh, that are saying, this is this is the same struggle I had. This is how I fixed it and resolved it. And you take that back to your church. It makes things, uh, makes things easier. I mean, that's just, that's kind of life, right? When you understand and, and do it in community, um, things are a lot easier. So Jim, your role at CFX, I noticed it said VP. So yeah. I, I think I think I like calling you Mac Daddy, right? You're the Mac Daddy <laughs> yeah. of CFX. I guess yeah, so. I know yeah. You don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use that like as that, a title. But... Yeah, I'm Mac Daddy. So so yeah, I my my role is to uh, with the group. I have a great team. We all work to collectively is to is to identify and curate the content and bring it and 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 serve those churches. So and as as the event producer organization, uh, our job is to create a great product that people want. So yeah. our team is strong but small. We work really hard through the year to try to understand what churches want to do uh, or what they – things change, right? Things change. When we first met, it was about technology. Wow. What can, what is it? What can it do? Right? That's That was a wow, right? Holy cow. Um, but now, you know, pre- and post-pandemic, it's different. The, the priorities are different. I mean, now it's not sure what does this do. And like, like you said, streaming, like, sure, everyone's doing it. But now it's um, how do we do it better and be more effective? And how does that play into a digital ministry, like outreach and, and engagement and um, just uh, connection? How does that – those are – that's the next sort of riddle for churches is, is that. Yeah, I yeah, know it's – it's it's how do you reach people online, but yet still fulfill the biblical great commission, you know, which is go into all the world, reach people. And I think online does a lot of that, but there's still something about the gathering of the saints, you know, and the Bible says the saints should gather together. And so, you know, it's that balance, like how do you reach people online? How do you use technology? But then um, the content and the gathering and, and the co-mingling of the saints, you know, how do you keep those two things? I think that's where technology is trying to figure that out right now is it, from my opinion, that's where, where everybody's at. Everyone's at. Yeah. Because uh, everyone is streaming. Um, but uh, it's so much easier to find whatever you want for uh, a, a sermon or a message somewhere. Um, but that doesn't mean you're connected to a community. Um, People are not return have not returned to church at the same rate pre-pandemic to now. Um, that you know that's that's a, that's a challenge. It's a challenge to bring them back into the building. Not you know people's behaviors change, things like that. So the building, right? So now like it's we have a big tech. Tech is a big deal, but it's got to be always a tool towards whatever the ministry goals are for that church. 
It's only a tool. We it can get out of balance sometimes, right? It can seem like it's out of balance at times, um, but it's just one tool. Yeah, it's a tool that you use. I like to call it an instrument of worship. It's a, it's an instrument that the church wants or needs to use in order to help reach people for Jesus Christ. There, back in the day, you know, a long time ago, the church was the leader in terms of creativity and art and and yeah. things that would bring people into the buildings. And I think we've lost that a little bit. Um, and some churches reach for it from the rock and roll perspective and just being, you know, lots of lights and lots of stuff. But I think there is a balance between the content from the pastor, the worship experience, the online experience, and using everything as an instrument or, as you said, a tool to help reach people for for Christ. I think that's something. And CFX helps people come in and realize and figure that out, which I think is kind of cool. So, so Jim, let me let me shift here a little bit. What's your what's your passion? What do you, what do you what do you like doing? And and what what comes out of that from CFX with you? Yeah. Well, what I what I, I mentioned before, I like the uh, I like the uh, the diversity of the types of expression of church. I've always been fascinated by that. I think it's one of the most interesting things um, that 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 happens. Uh, so, the passion. I think I love making resources for churches and, and helping them. Um, I but I, I think intentionally. I also like the uh, the because I like the diversity. I like to try to bring. And break down the silos that that there's two things. A couple of things that happen, I think, in my in my opinion. One, denominationally, they're siloed, right? We, I, they're call them whatever we call them: denominations, tribes, affiliations, whatever they are. And we learn within those bubbles. That's our comfort. They do a great job of serving those communities. They speak the same language and sentiment and things like that. Um, but and we have local churches. All local churches are local who are also siloed in the sense that they're not connected to other churches of different styles or denominations. So what is a fun for me is trying to break the silo so that the curation part is like, I may be able to, I can learn from a church. They all have the same problems. There's not that many problems. There's a lot of problems, but they're not a huge list of unique problems. All churches struggle with the same types of problems, but are addressed by different resources abundance, lack of structures, all these things. So what's really fun is allowing churches to learn from people they would not have encountered anywhere in their work life, their their roles, and learning from them. So you can mix two denominations like, oh, you're kind of trying to solve the same thing, but your style is different, you know, and and when that happens, uh it's really, really amazing. Suddenly there's like this, oh my gosh, I respect what you're doing. And I think it's interesting how you're approaching it. And that gives inspiration to another person who's like, maybe I'm not really that alone in this struggle. Because actually your struggle is exactly the same as that other person. Um, and the, the other thing I think it's, I get excited about is that because local churches are kind of siloed in their own way, it's very difficult for a local church to go to the other local church and ask them how they're doing something unless it's safely within their sort of denominational tribe bucket. So Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's that's fun when you can break that down. So I'm like, oh, I can make friends with a guy 500 miles away because he's safe and I'm not competing with him. And I can be honestly vulnerable with that person. 
And suddenly we can share this and they're not in my tribe. And that helps me because I have person who's safely outside of the tribe. And if we can do that, that's super fun. Yeah, it's, it's cool that you guys are able to do that. You said a word there. You said compete. And I think that that's interesting. A lot of churches are competing with each other. You don't know how many churches I go into or talk to who say, you know, I want to be like, or I need to be like, uh, or the church down the street is doing this and we yeah. need to do this. You know, it's like KFC competing against McDonald's. You know what I mean? It's like, the, you know, <laughs> I'm it's, like, this, is, this isn't really what it's about. Your church and what who you reach is unique to your DNA. Um, yeah, there's some technical things that we want to do, and, and we want to do it with excellence, and, and we get all that. But I think that word compete holds churches back sometimes and creates some of those some of those silos. I, I agree with you. It's 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 a little bit and you know, so I'm a neutral player. Like, you know, I attend a small church. I'm a neutral player, right? So uh, so when I look at it, I it's it's sometimes it's dis- it's it's hard because you see that they're competing and, and we know that people tend to move church to church. Right. That happens. Right. We know these people do that, but not necessarily denominationally. In, you know, they might go non-denominationally from a, a main line in that direction and, and whatnot. The irony, of course, and I mean, with all the great respect here, is that we talk about the commission of reaching people. And yet we compete on the people who already have experienced a relationship with God. And that's the great irony of the whole thing is that because to the DNA of that church, they're called to serve a certain community. And they should maybe, you know, and so be you, be you. Yeah, be who, be who you are for that community. And, uh, I mean, you know, but I think, you know, I think it comes down to uh, understanding who your church is, understanding the capacity and abilities of what your church can do, uh, and, and training your team Um, You know, I talked to Graham Spencer on a podcast where, you know, he said, look, it's unique to the DNA of the church and how you handle tech and what you do. It's unique to your community. He's over in the United Kingdom and the way they handle church is far different from how we handle things here in the U.S. You know, another thing you said and you talked pretty extensively about it was silos. I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Uh, A lot of uh, techs and leaders listening, they, they struggle with silos either in their organization or on their own team. Is there any advice or anything you've learned from CFX that can give these techs um, something that can help break down those silos? Well, I mean, we know that, uh, that you know, churches behave and operate differently than sort of corporate environments. There's a, there's a different reason they're there, and, and that's really, really important. Um, but within that, you also have the opportunity to to align to sort of the the, the mission of whatever that the 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 team you're in, right? So if you're if as a tech leader, team strength is really important. So there's the why are we here? That that tech leader has a has a challenging role in the sense they need to be able to create a tech team that is determined and focused and towards the the goal and mission of that team. He also has to be the buffer from his team to demands that come in that are uncontrolled, unexpected. So he has a, a difficult challenge there. But that's the job. You are cover to your team to protect them from being burnt, brought into a million directions and prioritizing. And that tech director, per the, the lead, has to communicate and be a buffer in a way that aligns like 
how many priorities does a team have? Like, how do you address, like, the communication of both context, like, I can do A, B, and C, but I can't do the rest of the alphabet. Um, and, and the relationships, I guess, really, I think, within a, particularly within a church environment, the relationships are the glue. The relationships going up, the relationships going down, is the glue that, that allows a team to sort of weather conflict and defeat silos. So if audio is separated from video or and all, if there's like mini pockets, that team leader needs to sort of find a way to align, to bring people to create enough relational dimension to allow conflicts to occur that are healthy, but always in the context of what we're trying to accomplish. So I want my way. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Everybody wants their way. You know, one, one thing that that I like to say about silos is, and I think this is true in life as well, is a lot of times you need to see it from the other person's perspective. And so kind of a great thing that I saw a pastor do once is he essentially, I don't have one. I was looking around to see if I had one, but I don't have one here, but he had a water bottle, but let's, let's just take this Bible, for example. And he held it up and he said, what do you see? You know, what are you actually seeing here? And everybody kind of described what they saw in this case. You know, you're seeing a wood grain um, Bible. And, and he said, but you don't see what I'm seeing on the other side of this. And I think for silos, sometimes we have to come around to the other person's perspective. And I was seeing Jerusalem on this wood grain Bible. You guys were seeing, you know, a cross but I think sometimes we need to come around to the other person's perspective and see it from their viewpoint, from their vantage point. And that, some, that helps break down silos. I think that's true not only in organizations, but I think that's also true in life. We need to see, see it from the other person's perspective. We need to listen to what they're saying, not just hear what they're saying. A lot of times we walk into those meetings and we hear the the worship team say, I want to put a two-ton truck on the stage and fly it upside down. We hear that, but we need to listen to them. What they're really saying is, I want an experience that moves people or wows people, or I need to tie to this truck um, thing that I'm doing as a part of the sermon. We need to listen and see it from their perspective and their viewpoint. And if we're able to do that, essentially put ourselves in their shoes, that breaks down silos in a way um, that I, I don't think can be done in any other way. Because if we're always seeing it from our perspective, we're always going to have that silo. So that's kind of what I like to talk through when it comes to silos. No, I think that's really terrific. And I think it's spot on. Um, we we all approach conversations with, um, you know, ready to respond rather than hear. And we all do this. I do this a million times a day. And, and um, uh, But yeah, I think uh, no one really knows the priorities of the other person. Like your perspective analogy, I think, is really good. It's like, yeah, they're trying to do something, whatever that is. And, and I might be hearing it only from a standpoint of work, resources, timeline, project, budget. And they're hearing it from a completely different perspective. They're hearing pressure, pressure budget, get it done. You know what I mean? <laughs> Depending yeah. on their perspective, where they're from. But now here's the thing. When you break down silos, this is something that I see happens a lot. When you break down silos and you start seeing it from their perspective, you start getting closer and closer to that person. 
it can go one of two different ways. A lot of times it gets better, especially if you're really understanding the person and where they're coming from. But sometimes it can get worse and there can be conflict there because the, you just can't get to where you want to get to. And that's the key word to where you want to get to. You're not, you know, it's, it's a, I say it's like a marriage, you know, you have to give and take and kind of understand the other person's perspective, but it can create conflict. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, Jim, I'm, I'm just curious if you have any insights to that. Essentially, when, when it comes to conflict, what's your approach? Um, one, I, I, well, calm is contagious. So as a leadership thing in conflict, being calm is incredibly important, even though I might be feeling something else on the inside. So pa- that allows for me a time to just pause if I can just not react, but take that moment to, to stay calm because uh, emotions run in a the conflict. They just do. They're just right. And so in, in somewhere between in a conflict, now it all depends. So I'm going to say it depends. Uh, a caveat here. Positional power is really important in a conflict, right? In the sense that if if you have authority over me, then you're you're gonna you're gonna probably get your way. Right? So this is a tricky element. Um, but 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 within that conflict is like what are we trying to solve is a good way to reframe something. Uh, it might vary on scenario but essentially if it's an employee to employer what is the conflict about and sometimes it's just someone's going to stamp their feet and they're going to say i want my way and that's usually the boss but in relationships conflict that might be sort of let's say nearly parallel what is the problem we're trying to solve what is the thing we're trying to solve and what is the outcome we're trying to achieve i i tend to try to reframe like we're trying to solve X, our you know, and then get us to agree on that. And what do we think is an outcome we're trying to get to? Sometimes can allow the dialogue to be okay. It's not just me getting my way or me feeling I'm being run over or me whatever or whatever. What is it we're trying to to resolve, solve, and and make better? Um, sometimes, sometimes it's simple as saying. Those are all really important things, but really, let's swing back to what it is that we're trying to get accomplished. What is the thing? Um, and if the thing is timing, resourcing, whatever these things are, at least we can agree that what are we trying to solve? And it takes it away like, I just want my way. Yeah, I think you, there's a word you use there, um, reaction. You use the word react. And I think a lot of times when it comes to conflict, especially in today's world and especially in politics, people react. And for years, I, I said, don't react to the conflict. And, and now as I've gotten older, I realize it's don't overreact to the conflict. And essentially it, what you said there was key. Take a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us have heard when you get an email and you're, and you're really mad at the email and you're reading tone into the email, don't respond for 24 hours, sleep on it. Yeah. You know, we hear that, hey, sleep on it. That's, that's essentially the same conflict management uh, advice, which is don't, re- don't react to what you're hearing. Don't overreact to what you're hearing. And something you said there, Jim, I think is really key. Um, ask questions. Now, not questions that are, are snotty in attitude in a way to you know, kind of piss everybody off, but ask questions in a way to help you understand the goal. Because if we, in a, in a company or in an organization, 
if we understand the goal and the micro goal and kind of where things are heading and what they're trying to do and accomplish, then I think that starts to de-escalate the, the, the conversation and bring things back to a point of, you know, reference and where we're going and once we get into that conflict. And so a lot of times with conflict, it's already gotten out of control, right? When we say conflict, you've already butted heads with the person. And so it takes one side to say, okay, hold on. You know, I see this is, you know, we're starting to get upset. We're starting to kind of get hot about this. Let me ask you a few questions. Where are we trying to go with this? What are we trying to do? Now, there are some circumstances where your boss can't tell you like he's, you know, and you have to understand that in a boss employee relationship, he can't sometimes he just can't. And you have to understand that, hey, I've made my case. I've, you know, kind of weighed where I things think things need to go and what they need to do. Now I need to take it, and it's my mission to make sure it's carried out with the team as if it was my idea. Yeah. But I think for, for the basics of conflict management, you, you hit the nail on the head. Don't react to what you're seeing or don't overreact to what you're, you're seeing and hearing. And ask some questions that gain understanding for you so you can see the perspective of the other person and understand the goal. Yeah, a lot of times I think your point about some people can't describe what they want. They can't articulate their concern very well. And so that comes out in a lot of things. comes out in like a great example is like anything visual, like graphic design, visual, video, things like that. That's a, that's a great example of people don't know really what they want, but they can see something and say, I don't like it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's creative. Like I've heard the statement all the time. I don't know if I like that, but it's art. So we'll just call it good. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, sometimes they just can't, they can't put their finger on it. Um, or they've been asked to do something like, I'll, I'll give you a, an example. You know, leadership says, hey, we want to make sure that this is a black and white series and our look is all black and white. And as a creative, you're saying, no, I want to do color. Well, your your leader may not be able to tell you why right. they want it black and white, but it needs to be black and white. And that's the end of the discussion at that point. And then the pastor comes out and he does uh, something on the platform that talks about black and white and right. color and, you know, the perspectives and things of that nature. And then everybody goes, oh, I get it now. But with a team of 25 people, sometimes you just have to hear what's being said and even though there may be conflict there and you think it should be done differently, you ask the questions, you kind of get to the goal, try to get the information, but then you have to just go and execute. Yes. And I think that, uh, you know, some conflict, so you, there's a, I mean, conflict by itself is not bad. It actually can be quite healthy, you know, as far as on both sides, because the next time through it, you, if you've had like this idea of like, what are we trying to resolve or what are we doing? Um, the next time through it goes a lot faster. It's like you get you learn how to the words that 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 you help the other person hear or whatever the the technique is, and it, and it kind of goes faster the next time. I agree. I agree. Nobody wants to live in a one sided world, no. and so conflict and healthy conflict helps us grow and helps us get better. Yeah. I saw a commercial that uh, Tom Brady did, um, and it was and the word was better. I just want to get better. I, want to, I mean, we're talking about the one of the greatest football players ever. Some may say the greatest football player. Is it hard for you to say as a Dallas fan? Is that hard? It is. Um, <laughs> it's painful. It's painful. I think for everybody except for the Tampa Bay Bucks and, uh, and your teams up there. <laughs> 
But anyway, my point is, he's one of the greatest players ever, and he's saying, I need to get better. I need to listen. I need to understand conflict, and I need to move forward. Like I said, no one wants to live in a one-sided world, and if you have conflict, you get better. Yeah, I think we do get better. I do. Be, I think one thing that happens within silos, and this is, a, I think, both church and in, in corporate, is that um, there's a tendency is for us to create intentionally create our silos. We protect them, our little kingdoms, right? And um, and this is, happens everywhere. It's like my group. And as a leader, I think that's where there's a balance between protecting your group and being a cover to them, but not making them in, intentionally or in an unintentionally the it's silo, right? That's a leader's job is to be both. They have to be accessible and not create their tech bubble, silo, attitude, personality that is almost intentionally uncooperative. That's we that happens. It happens in all departments, but that's a careful balance because you know it's a it's it's because of a lot of reasons. They are involved with a lot of things and they get maybe cynical, skeptical, tired, whatever. But that's a careful balance because the healthiest ministries are not necessarily always the biggest ones or the flashiest ones. The healthiest ones are where people are sustained over a period of time doing the work, the, the good work, um, and, and they're working on breaking down the silos. There's an awareness of the downside of the, of the fortress. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I think... Uh, a lot of technicians, you know, we, we, you know, I'm a tech, you know, that's how I started. And, and we kind of have a little bit of a negative bent because we want things to be perfect. And I think that's a word that also gets us in trouble with silos and with conflict management, because we're always thinking, I want it to be perfect. And this just isn't going to work. And sometimes you have to understand your budgets and your limitations, and you, you want it to be the best it can be and perform with excellence. But excellence isn't perfection. Yeah. Excellence is doing things at the highest level of quality that you can do with the tools and instruments that you've been given. And it's also attitude and how you do things. And I think if you come into things with excellence or a good attitude, uh, a lot of times the silos and the conflict management issues, they tend to, they tend to go away. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, in a perfect world, you know, with butterflies, I would say they always go away. But... They don't. Well, you know, this world does have butterflies, but you know what I mean? In a perfect world with butterflies all the time and, you know, everybody, you know, rainbows everywhere we look, uh, you know, conflict would always go away. And it it doesn't. And so I get that. But I think if you have a good attitude about uh, life and about the situation and about what you're going through, I think that really helps. It does help. And you've spoken about this as others have spoken about it, which is so, and this is particularly to the, uh, the, the tech leader, is uh, their self-care uh, is incredibly important and it ties to whether they can approach it with a, a healthy, positive approach. Their self-care is really important because uh, I, I don't know if you, I've been burnt out. We've all, many people have experienced it and how difficult it is to, to get out of that. Um, and, and you've spoken about this, you know, you know Dennis Choi and Justin Firesheets. So everybody, I don't know, spoken about it because they've all, you guys all walked the road of, of, of these, of these large tech teams 
But that dynamic is not any different than a small one, might be even exasperated by a smaller church where they have fewer resources and volunteers and things. And, and, and so it, it's understandable. It's just, I guess, more of the question is, can we be aware of it and, and, and strive to be better in some of those areas that, that I guess, makes it the opportunity to be better? Yeah, and, you know, it comes down to communication, which is what's cool about CFX. I think learning how to communicate with your leader, those are some classes that you're going to find at CFX. Um, learning how, like, I'm doing a class on copyrights and, and streaming. Like, there's just a broad learning ability at CFX that will help you understand your situation and what other other situations are out there and help you communicate with your leaders in a more effective manner. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know. So what I, well, in the CFX, in the sense the with CFX is like there's a lot of topics and issues that you can go find out about that suddenly, like, oh, I really do need to know a little bit. I really want to understand a little bit more, you know, like your topic is important because, you know, somebody needs to understand that. Somebody does. Yeah, because then the reason why I speak on the copyrights and streaming portion is I feel like as technicians, you know, a pastor says, hey, I want to play this movie and do this. And we're just like, no, you can't do that. It's a copyright violation. A lot of people don't understand the way the American system works with copyrights, especially with, you know, how you can fair use and things of that nature and what you can or can't do. And so the class kind of tries to remove some of the negative from it. Some things you can't do, but there's a lot of things you can do. And I think a lot of pastors feel shut down and, and kind of locked into a box when this class is going to help them under, open that box up a little bit and say, hey, here's what you can do yeah. when, you get, when, when you want to do something with a commercial, with a movie, you know, with something that has, is copywritten material. So, Jim, tell me this. When is CFX and where is it at? Well, it's in your hometown of Dallas, Texas. Um, home of the Cowboys. Home of <laughs> <laughs> the not Cowboys. Yes, yeah, so and a lot of people don't know this. The Cowboys play in Arlington, so technically it's not. It's in, uh, wh- where's, uh, where is it at? It's in so Dallas. It's uh, but... downtown at the uh, da- the Kay Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. Right, It's, in, it's downtown. Um, it's October 24th, 25th, and 26th. So it's coming up in a few weeks. Um, the schedule of the show runs more on the, the conference and expo are the 25th and 26th. It's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. We run pre-conference workshops. And, uh, and this is where people can get a little bit deeper. It's a half-day workshops. We do streaming. Streaming is the most popular topic for pre-conference workshops. We do church safety, which is an important topic uh, for, unfortunately. And we do a workshop on uh, communications, church communications, and how you might be able to do you know, get your word out uh, and approaching that in a number of different ways. So those are on the 24th. So the, those are the um, pre-workshops. Let's, let's see. You said streaming, security, and what was the third one? Church communications? Yep. Yes. Wow. I mean, if you're going to sign up for this, I think you need to get into those pre-conference workshops. Are they optional or are they a part of the package? They're, they're optional. So you can add them on. So um, for... The listeners of your podcast, uh, I'll do this little plug. So if you use the promotion code Making Sunday, you can get to the main con- full conference for $150. If you want to just come for the expo, come in and do and check it out, then uh, you can do that also. And that basically that promotion code is called Podcast Expo, and that gives you a free expo pass. 
So, and then if you want the workshops, they're just a slight upcharge on that. But I got gotcha. you. Cool. So let me let me repeat that. CFX. It's October twenty fourth through twenty sixth uh, here in Dallas, Texas, at the K Belly Hutchinson Center. Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah, right in downtown. Um, there's a, a pre-conference workshops that uh, you guys want to take advantage of, which is on streaming, uh, communication, and security. So make sure you look at that. But the main conference and expo is October 25th and 26th. And uh, thank you, Jim. If you guys want to sign up now, you can use the promo code Making Sunday. So thank you, Jim, for making that available to us. You get the full conference pass for just 150 bucks. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, so let me say that again. Use the code Making Sunday when you sign up, and you get the full conference pass at a discounted rate of 150 bucks. So, um, Jim, uh, if they didn't use that promo, how much does it normally cost? Uh, Two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Two hundred and seventy-five. So you're getting over a hundred dollar discount by using that code Making Sunday. Save that money. Use that code. And uh, you go to Church Facilities. Make sure I get this right. You go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com to sign up. Is that correct? That is correct. It's a bit of a mouthful, but yes, Church Facilities Expo. And well, my, my website is digitalgreatcommission.org. So, I mean, that's massive, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Church, at least, uh, at least that's why we do audiovideolighting.com to go so everybody can remember it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, so yeah for the listeners, there's there's a whole bunch for you and your team. Um, and if you have a team, uh, the website has an email. Email us, and we'll give. There's a bigger discount for teams who who want to come. But if you, I, I mean, this is a shameless plug, but I think it's important for churches to take advantage of opportunities to learn and learn from others, and to see and experience what we don't know. Uh, it's not a, it's not a question of like finding. You know, I'm competing against somebody else it's just a question of what's what are you trying to resolve and solve and improve on and uh i'm quite sure that you're going to be able to find insights and connection to people who who can offer you some 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 guidance or just an idea yeah i know i have when i've attended so go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com put in the code making sunday all the details if you have teams or whatever there's different options you can go there again the website church FacilitiesExpo.com. Jim, it's been a pleasure having you on the Tech Arts Podcast. I'm so glad you were able to come on, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. We have to do uh, lunch when we're together, but that's so good. I appreciate the friendship and uh, and the things that you're doing. It's just terrific. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, we definitely have to do lunch. I, anytime I can get a meal out of Jim, I definitely take him up on that. <laughs> I think we spent, I think actually it's my turn to pay this time. I think we go back and forth. So I probably shouldn't have said that. He's going to go to a big restaurant. And, uh, <laughs> we'll have fun either way. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely go to lunch and do some fun here. Hey, let me leave you guys with this. Going through mistakes, trials, and tribulations, then learning from them, well, that's how we get better in life. But seeing how others do things and working hard to educate ourselves, that's how we excel in life. CFX does this. It brings people together and helps them better themselves as a tech and a leader so they can excel in life. Make sure you sign up today by going to churchfacilitiesexpo.com. 
I can't wait to talk to you on the next Tech Arts Podcast. I'm David Leuschner signing off by wishing you a great day and praying God blesses every moment of your week. See you soon. You have been listening to the Tech Arts Podcast presented by Digital Great Commission Ministries. DGCM is a 501c3 nonprofit that was started to help churches with all things technical. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just a better understanding of the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Find out more about our free on-site visits, reports, and consulting by going to audiovideolighting.com. Digital Great Commission Ministries will help you run your church service like a pro. Find out more at audiovideolighting.com. Thank you.